Good morning. It's good to be with you this morning. Uh, we're going to be um, finishing our preaching series on Up, In and Out. So a couple of weeks ago we started uh, our preaching series on the, essentially the three essential elements of what it is for us to be Christians, what that means we do, those automatic responses uh, perhaps. And um, I think before I say anything else, I'd like to pray. Um, just invite God to, to speak to us this morning, to speak through me, and uh, that I would say the right stuff and not the wrong stuff and be helpful and not unhelpful uh, and things like that. So let's pray together, shall we? Father, I thank you. I thank you that you're with us. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Lord, that's what, that's what, that's what the Bible says. Lord, I thank you that as we gather this morning, even in this even in this um, dynamic right now, Lord, we're, we're, we've got ears to hear from you, Lord. We're, we're attentive to you, Lord. We're listening for what you're saying, Lord. We, we're, this is a, a position of worship, Lord. We want to listen to what you're saying to us this morning through your word, Father. And I pray you would help me articulate that, what your word says, not, not, not what Phil says. Uh, or not anything else, Lord, not, not someone else's perspectives, but Lord, what you say and what your word says, Lord. I just pray, Father, would you give us soft hearts uh, by your spirit, soft hearts to receive what your word says and to, to have ears to hear what you're saying. Um, we love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Jesus, you're the king, and we welcome you to speak this morning. Amen. Amen. Well, if you're on Zoom and you're with us, it's so good to have you. Uh, if you're in the room, likewise, especially warm welcome. But we're going to look at um, out this morning. Just briefly, uh, what we've looked at over the last couple of weeks is that, that first element of those three elements is up. And that is, as Christians, we believe that humanity was created in relationship with God that was broken by us. We got given free will, which is a loving, uh, a loving act of God in creation. He gave us free will to decide what we wanted to do. We, we decided to be disobedient. We broke that relationship. But Jesus brings us back into relationship. And so as Christians, we want to say, right, it's all about him. We realize that, as Sam said earlier, he has saved us. We can't save ourselves. But Jesus has saved us. And so up is we want to live lives saying, our lives are about worshipping him now. They're about living for his glory and for his pleasure and not our own. And wonderfully, actually, at least my experience is that as we do that, and as I do that and I live for his glory and for his pleasure and not my own, that actually I find myself being most satisfied. Isn't that wonderful? That's up. We're made, created to honour and be in relationship with God, which Jesus has made possible. And as a result, we can enjoy that. We can enjoy that, friends. In, last week, Dan Hayter helped us with this. Um, in is, that, is, is the sense that we buy into as Christians saying, right, we're, we're all, we've all become part of the family of God because of what Jesus has done. And so we're going to be family. We're going to do that. And we're going to value that. And we're going to be intentional with that. We're going to meet with one another. We're going to meet with one another on Sundays. We're going to meet with one another in life groups and in other small group communities to say, look, we value this. We value togetherness. On Zoom, in the room, we value togetherness. We, we, we want to do in well. We want to love each other. This week, 
is out. So what is out? Well, out essentially boils down to this. If you've got a Bible, feel free to turn to Matthew 28. It's the last chapter in the first book in the Old Testament. In verse 18, the last two verses in this gospel, in this letter, Jesus says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you, always with you. I'm with you always to the end of the age. What a great, what a great couple of verses. How comforting to know he is always with us. And he's with us always until we go to be with him or until he returns. This morning we saw Will getting baptised. Well done, mate. So, so good. We want to make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's what we've done this morning. So these two verses, in a nutshell, give us a very clear definition of what out means. It means that we're called to make disciples, to... To, to essentially to take this gospel of Jesus that you can be reconciled to God. You can know God. That is the great commission that he's given us. It also says in Acts 1, chapter, uh, chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus says, again, before he ascends and goes to heaven, he says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. By the end of the first century, kind of the, the northern part, or the southern parts of Europe and the northern parts of Africa had started to be reached with the gospel. So that wasn't something achievable by the apostles for that first generation. This is something for us to be witnesses to him, to the ends of the earth. In Ephesians 6.20, Paul says to the Ephesians, people in modern-day Turkey, the, the letter that he's writing to these Christians in Ephesus, he says, to proclaim the mystery, he says, pray for me, to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Paul was made an ambassador. That means part of this out deal is that as a, as a result of being, becoming Christians, of saying, Jesus, I'm following you now, we are ambassadors of him. If you are an ambassador for the prime minister, you go on his behalf, you take his... His, his ideals, his you know, uh, great British values to wherever you go to, to essentially extend those ideals and say, look, this is what we're about. And did you know? Did you know he's prime minister? And as a result, Paul's saying, I'm a Christian, pray for me because I'm an ambassador here in this, in, in, where I am. Friends, we're called to be ambassadors too. So very clearly, we are called to act and to do something as a result of now being Christians. But I want to firstly say, if you're not a Christian and you're listening this morning, if you're with us on Zoom or if you're with us in the room and you're not a Christian, I want to ask you to, to bear with me this morning because essentially this morning's message is, as we've already touched on, it's, I want to encourage us that the Bible tells us to go and make disciples. 
that is to go and tell people about Jesus so that they might also go, oh, wow, so that's the truth. Okay, I want to follow Jesus too. And if you're not a Christian here, that might be a bit of an awkward message to sit through. And I, I want to say, look, I appreciate that. And I understand that. And um, we're not here to, to, to force it upon you or anything like that. I actually want to love you. But we need you to understand, you know, that's, that's where we're coming from. And it might help if I just put it like this for a moment. Imagine you were in a world, this isn't a reflection on COVID or the last 18 months or anything like that, but imagine you were in a world that was ridden, riddled with a terrible, incurable disease and you had the remedy. Imagine you lived in that world where, where there was a terrible disease that the whole world was riddled with. Just imagine that for a moment. Isolated from anything else that I've said, imagine you're in a world which is riddled with a terrible, terrible disease, life-limiting disease, and there's no way out of it, but you've got the antidote. What do you do with that? How would you respond? I imagine you'd probably start to tell people about it. If that was the scenario, I imagine you'd probably start to tell people about it. To say, actually, you know, guys, this is the situation here, but... I've got some good news because I've got the antidote, I've got the answer, I've got the remedy, I've got the thing that's going to make you better, I've got the thing that's going to save you, I've got the thing that's going to stop you from dying. You would, you would plaster it over all the social media networks, you would make a, a video that you'd hope to go viral and you'd send it out to all of the, the news channels to distribute globally so that everyone could hear you had the antidote, people don't needlessly need to suffer anymore. With that in mind, I want to suggest to you, if you're not a Christian, that's kind of the perspective we're coming from. We believe that there, there is a problem, that we were made for relationship with God. God gave us free will. We chose to disobey him with the one thing, the one thing that he asked us not to do. We chose to dis disobey him. And as a result, and turn our back against him, as a result, that severed the relationship because sin came into the world, because of our disobedience. As a result of our sin, we cannot have a relationship with a, holy, with a holy God. Not because he's harsh, but because he's holy. The ramifications of sin is we come out of life with the life-giving God, and we get death. But there's an answer, and the answer, the remedy, the antidote, we believe is Jesus. Because Jesus came to earth to die for our sin so that we don't need to die, but we can come into relationship with God and find joy and fulfillment and purpose and peace for eternity with him. We believe he's the antidote. And if this is true, it's a massive deal. If what Christians believe is true, it's a massive, monumental deal, what we do with this. If it's true, you know, as you'd expect in a world where, where there is disease-ridden issues and you have the antidote, you would expect that person, if they had the answer, to say, I need to tell people about that. You would, wouldn't you? <laughs> but I think this morning what I want to help us with is, how do you do that well then? Because actually, you know, we can, yeah, okay, our, our, our view as Christians is we've got the answer. His name is Jesus. And there's a way we can share the, the, the news, the testimony, the gospel about Jesus, but we can do that badly. 
or we can do that well. First of all, I think we need to ask for help. In Acts chapter 4, one of the first things that the early disciples did is they gathered to pray, and we're told that one of the things they pray as they gathered is they say, grant to your servants to speak, to speak your words with boldness. But they seek God to say, Lord, we need you. We need you to help us with this. We're going to speak, but we need you to help us with this. In 1 Peter 3 verse 15, it says, But in your hearts honour Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defence to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. If you're ever asked for the reason why you believe what you believe, um, talk about it. If you're ever asked as a Christian by someone else who's not a Christian, of any other faith or anyone for that matter, why, why, you seem to have a hope in you. What is that about? Tell them. Tell them what that's about. That doesn't mean berate them with the gospel. That doesn't mean kind of that's your key to go full throttle and, and t- you know, unfold the whole of scripture for 30 hours with them. They might just decide to switch off. But it means if someone asks you, tell them. Perhaps you're not particularly comfortable with telling people uh, about your faith. Perhaps that's something that you don't find find particularly easy or you're less comfortable with it. That's okay. That's okay. But I would say there's a way to start. You know, we've got the antidote. We've got the, that's what we believe. And so we wouldn't be expected, no one would expect you to stay silent if you genuinely believed you had the antidote. But, as Peter says, do it with gentleness. Do it with gentleness and grace. And so if you struggle with this, well, what I've found quite helpful when I'm at work is I'll say to my colleagues, my friends, or you know, those that I know, how was your weekend? And they'll go, oh, I'll tell you how my weekend was. And then they finish telling me about how my, their weekend was. And they say, how, Phil, how was your weekend? And I go, ah, what I did it, during my weekend is I went to church because I'm a Christian. And, you know, and I, I had a lot of fun. I really enjoy going to church. I love it. I find life there and, and welcome and family. And I had a lot of fun. If that's how far it goes, that's brilliant. That's fine. But let's be willing to talk. Let's be willing to create opportunities. Let me encourage you. For many of us, this is a real obstacle and it's difficult. Because at this point, you're really nailing your colours to the mast. And you're saying, this is what I'm about. And Jesus calls us to say, nail your colours to the mast. Because this is, this is what you're about. So if you're a Christian, be a Christian. <laughs> if you believe it, believe it. And, and, and tell people you believe it. You know, be convinced about it. And don't be ashamed about it. But I want to invite you to to say, you know, there's, there's little steps you can make to get to that place. But what we don't do is berate people. We have the gospel. Make every opportunity you can to tell people, but don't berate people. That's not helpful. Offer to pray for people. If people are suffering, if people are ill, if people are going through difficult stuff, offer to pray for people. You're a Christian. You believe you've got the antidote, the remedy and the answer. Offer to pray for people. We believe that Jesus healed. We believe that Jesus heals today. 
I, before my wife and I got married, when we were dating, we were at a previous church, my wife had a, had a back problem. She'd have pain in her back a lot. And, uh, and one day, there was an invitation for those who had had back pain to come and, uh, to, to come and ask for prayer to be healed. And, and she went and she sat down, she responded, look, I've got, I've got real back pain. And so she went to the front and she sat on the chair and the guy came up to her and said, I'd love to pray for you, what's the problem? And she explained and he said, okay, well, let's pray for your, for your back. And, and he said, actually, it's quite common for people who have back pain to have one leg shorter than the other or something like that. And it was the case with, with my wife and he stretched the legs out and one, one leg was shorter than the other. She didn't need to make this up. She had pain in her back. She needed to feel better. And so the guy prays for her and I watch her leg grow and she doesn't have back pain anymore. We have the antidote. We have the answer. If someone is struggling, offer to pray for them. It's a beautiful thing. They can say no if they want to. That's fine. You don't have to pray for them, but you can offer. And if they say yes, that's wonderful. They're blessed. And if they're healed or, or circumstances changed, the kingdom of God's come. Celebrate that. Come on, that's amazing. I want to encourage us. We are children of God by his incredible kindness, because of incredible grace. We don't deserve to be. We don't get there of our own merit. We were sinful, so Jesus did it. And it was his merit that we get to come into his kingdom. As a result of that, as a result of being here in this position of children of God, we're going, okay, well, that means I act a bit differently now. And I have a hope, so let me share with you my hope. We had the opportunity just the other day, actually. Um, I was visiting someone from church, and I'd come out from, from being with them. And I bumped into someone in town, someone that I know from prison, uh, which is where I work. And um, <laughs> just to clear up, it would be okay if it wasn't once upon a time, but no, it's, it's not the case. Um, and I bumped into this guy, and he, he said, um, I said hello to him, I asked him how he was doing, he said, Phil, I'm not in a good way. I've got COPD in my lungs, and it's really, really bad. And if anyone knows about COPD, it's, it can be life-threatening. It's, you know, it's bad news. And uh, we chatted for a little while. And I said, um, I won't mention his name. I said, I'd love to pray for you. Can I pray for you? And he said, yeah, please do. And so I prayed for him. I don't know what happened following that. He didn't say I had a warm, tingly feeling. He didn't say, oh, I can breathe all of a sudden. He, he just said, Phil, thank you so much. And, you know, we carried on chatting, and then he went separate directions. That's fine. It's offered to pray for people. Why? Because we've got a hope. We genuinely believe that. It means acts of kindness, not isolated acts of kindness. It means acts of kindness all the time. It means, and we're not always very good at this. I'm not always very good at this. I don't know about you. Sometimes we can, we can be in a mood or we, you know, we're not in the right headspace. But let's, let's love people. Also, if our words don't don't mirror or reflect our actions. We just look like religious hypocrites. And I probably looked like that, you know, on occasions. I hope not, but that's probably true. If your words are this, are such, about Jesus, and, and he turns your life around, and he's helped you, and he's given you peace, and, but your actions say the opposite, and you're irritable, and you're not gracious, you know, actions speak louder than words. That's the saying, isn't it? And it's true. Let's love people. Let's love people. We don't have to force them to listen to us. That's, that's, you know, that's okay. If there's opportunity, take the opportunity. 
But let's love people regardless. Let's be kind to people. Let's give people time. Let's care for people. I want to encourage us to act, to act like this, this news that we have received about Jesus bringing us into a relationship with God for the rest of eternity, eternal life instead of eternal death. Let's act like that really is good news. Because if we did, I think we might, you know, we might be able to share that, that news with others who don't have the same kind of hope. Another aspect of, uh, of, of loving people of out is this element. And we see uh, Peter and James and John uh, being pillars of the church in Jerusalem, the early church just after Jesus has gone to heaven. And the Apostle Paul, fairly new apostle at this stage, he's had an encounter with God and he spent time with God and he's, he's, uh, he's, he's listening as to how he can best start serving and fulfilling his ministry to make disciples. And he goes to James and Peter and John at Jerusalem. And this is what it says. And when James and, and Cephas, that is Peter, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given to me, this is Paul, they gave the right hand of fellowship to Barnabas and me, that we might go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised, that is the Jews. Only they asked us to remember the poor, the very thing that I was eager to do. Friends, it's for this reason, to remember the poor, that we have initiatives, Sam mentioned earlier, initiatives that are to bless our community. Bags of Hope was one of the things that Sam mentioned. There are various initiatives that are also bubbling away that haven't quite been launched yet that we're thinking about. How we can bless this city and how we can love people who are in a more difficult position than we are financially or socially or something like that. We've put smiles on people's faces by giving them big bags of food to sustain them for periods of time which if they hadn't received them, they would have gone hungry. We've served our city in that way. There are lovely ways that we can bless this city. This is another way of doing out. Friends, we want to love people in the community, those who are uh, struggling in ways that perhaps you and I aren't at the moment. Allow those things to bubble away. You know, how can we bless the communities that we live in, serve the poor, love people? That's another way we want to express out to the people around us. How did Jesus do it? Well, with Jesus, he was incredibly gracious. And he did it better than any you and I will ever do, and that's okay, because he's the Lord. To the rich young ruler who came to him, who said, what must I do to inherit uh, the kingdom of God? And Jesus said to him, well, go uh, obey all the commandments, honour your father and mother, and and it'll be well with you. He said, I I do these things, I do that. He said, okay, sell all your possessions, give them to the poor, and come and follow me. And the guy said, I can't do that. And Jesus said, okay, I'm not going to force you, that's fine. I love you, but I'm not going to force you. And so the rich young ruler went separate ways. That's the way way that one went. That's okay. Jesus allowed people to make up their own minds. To the woman at the well in John chapter 4, she's an outsider. She didn't belong in the people of God. And he meets her at this well, and there's an exchange. And she, she, she goes, oh, well, only the Messiah promises the things that you're promising. And Jesus says, well, I who speak to you, that's, that's me. And she goes, wow. And so she becomes a witness in, in, the, in the towns of Samaria where she lives and tells people about Jesus. Jesus welcomes an outsider. He brings them in. 
He doesn't force people. He healed scores and scores of people. Non-Christian historical sources will tell you that Jesus who lived then healed loads of people. He did, he did acts of kindness and mighty works. That's what some of the historians will tell you about Jesus who lived at the time of Jesus. He healed people. He didn't, he didn't make them follow him. He, he healed them though. He loved them. But he also didn't mince his words. He said, come to me. I'm the, I'm the one who's got the words to eternal life. Come to me. And, uh, and you'll be able to get to God. There's no other way to God but through me. Jesus said that. And that riled people up. Some of the religious leaders of the day thought, that's not right. This news, the news that we have might polarise people. But we do it graciously and we love people. What did Jesus say of himself? In John chapter 10, verse 10, he said, I have come that you might have life and life to the full. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Jesus said to himself, Come to me, all you, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. In John 7, 37, Jesus says of himself, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me. In John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus says of himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Friends, we believe we have the antidote the remedy, the answer to the problem of sin which we all live in, we all live with and if, you know, we will all be aware of to, 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 to a, a lesser degree or a greater degree working in prison, people are very aware of that usually whether it's on a big scale or a, or a small scale whether it's large or subtle we all live knowing that we, we, we get it wrong we're selfish, we're impulsive we make bad decisions, we hurt people we're greedy, we're lustful, you know. Jesus says, I've come to set you free from all of that and I, and, and I love you and I will bring you back into resta- restoration with God, a God who loves you and is for you. There's only one way to him and that is through me. Friends, I want to encourage us this morning to respond as we think about how we share the wonderful news that he's given us. Let's, let's remember who Jesus is. And if you're not a Christian here this morning, if you're not a Christian on Zoom and you're watching this morning, I want to invite you. Jesus says these things of himself. Because he is the only way to the Father. He is the Lord. And I want to invite you. He is the one who can give you eternal life. Can give you hope. Can give you peace in your heart if you're not experiencing it. Can give you purpose in your life if you've not had purpose before. He can reconcile you. He can save you from your sinfulness. And clean you. And bring you into relationship with God. Isn't that wonderful? My Christian friends. Online and in the building will be agreeing with me. That's wonderful. It's the best thing. We're going to respond and we're going to worship together, but I'm just going to pray. Lord, I thank you for the news that you've given us. Lord, I thank you that I thank you that you are the hope of the world. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters who know you in the room, Lord, that, that, that you would fill us with boldness, that we would continue to speak, but not only to speak, but to love people as well. Father, I pray for... Uh, people in the room and online who don't know Jesus who are listening to this, Father I pray that um, you will have given them soft hearts, Father anything that's unhelpful that I've said, Father I pray that you'd just uh, you'd, 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 you'd wash that away but Father I pray that you'd work in their hearts and show them how glorious you are and how glorious Jesus is Lord we love you and we want to give you all the glory this morning and respond and worship you thank you Lord Amen